Bad turnover here. Casey Coles. It's a conductor. Benji Michel seeking to finish it and succeeding. Orlando City head over heels for the US Open Cup. At long last, they will need a trophy cabinet. Sacramento's dream ends amidst a flurry of Floridian goals. Sacramento's players take deep, long breaths. But now the moment of coronation. The biggest moment in the history of Orlando City. After all the struggles of the early years in MLS, now comes salvation in the form of silverware. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Orlando City has done it. They have won the U.S. Open Cup after a 3-0 win over Sacramento Republic. Welcome in, everyone, to the Orlando Soccer Show, a very special edition. My name is Austin David. Kyle Foley's here with me, and God, we're tired, man. Uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild 48 hours since the game. Um, it feels like I've kind of been everywhere talking about this, and well, here's here's another place I'm going to be talking about it. I was in the press box. You were in the stands. Talk to me about your experience first. Well, it was it was it was quite a good experience. It was it was it's been a while since I've been to a game from the supporters' side of things. Even even games that I've been at, but not. You know, I've 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 not sat in this, or I guess stood in the supporter section in a very long time. So that was a new experience for me, not a new, but a, a an experience I have gone a while without. So it was it was interesting, but I rather enjoyed it. It was a fun, it was a good game, and it was loud. It was very loud. It was definitely loud. And, and I was, I've been telling this to so many people over the last like couple days. I, I can't remember the last time a game was that loud for an Orlando city game specifically, like a U.S. men's national team game. Sure. But like the atmosphere reminded me of when that stadium opened back in 2017. And yeah, I can't I can't really think of anything else since then that has really rivaled it 
up until like when Facundo scored the the goal in the 75th minute and that place like the press box was shaking it it felt like something that hasn't existed with Orlando City in in a while and I think that it, <laughs> if they had lost uh, it would have gone back to what it was before but that since they won they won a trophy you would hope that and I think that everybody within the organization hopes that it becomes a springboard for more, more fan engagement, more excitement for the team, more investing in the team, a playoff run. There's there's a lot more to come. You know, the, the team won a trophy, but they play literally on Saturday in Philly. Like the season's not over. They've still got six games left. So it's 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 just been uh, it's been very wild to say the least. Yeah, I'd say wild is probably a fair fair, fair way to to explain it. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Yeah, that's that's the mood around Orlando City. Thank you, Macho Man. Welcome back. Appreciate you uh coming back here. From the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey, sky's the limit and space is the place. So Gavin and I were discussing a very important statistic at Mm. the game, by the way, Mm -hmm. which is that Orlando has won every uh, U.S. Open Cup in the 2020s. They They have won all of them. This is true. So that's a pretty big. That is what we we in the biz call technically correct. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's 2022, and they've won all the the Open Cups in 2020s. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a good stat, you know. It's a it's a fantastic stat. In fact, think think Orlando City would be very happy with that. But uh, let let's let's talk a little bit about this game, because for the first 75 minutes, it kind of went Sacramento's way. In the grand scheme of things, uh, Sacramento came in with a game plan. They executed that game plan. And Orlando City did not execute their game plan, which was... I'm not exactly sure what their game plan was, but it wasn't one that really struck fear into the hearts of Sacramento players. They, They seemed very up for the moment. And I think for the first 45 minutes especially, Orlando City seemed lost in the moment if that makes any sense yeah it just seemed like the the moment kind of got to them a full stadium the pressure all on them there's no pressure on sacramento they're just they're happy to be there and if they win it's icing on the cake but at that point they weren't expected to win the mls team is expected to win because there there hasn't been a team since 1998 from a lower division team that's that's what 24 years like the, the Has it history, really been that long? Yeah, because the Rochester Raging Rhinos were the last team to... It was 98 or 99. So it was either 24 or 23 years. Either way, it's been that long since a lower division team has won the U.S. Open Cup. It's all MLS since 2000, basically. So history wasn't on Sacramento's side. It was all on Orlando's side. They were hosting the game in front of a sold-out crowd. And if Malik Foster scores that goal in the in the early part of the first half off that turnover, 
who knows what we're talking about here today? Because goals change games. It's it's Adrian Heath's favorite saying, but it is 100% accurate. Goals do change games. And when Orlando scored that first goal, it opened up the game completely. And if, if, if Sacramento had scored the first goal, it wouldn't have really changed much of their strategy because they were, they were just clogging passing lanes. They were breaking up passes. They were pressuring Orlando's playmakers. As soon as the balls would come into certain areas where Facundo Torres and Mauricio Pereira were getting the ball, they were, I mean, knocking them down. They were playing physical. They weren't letting them have any space or time to create anything. And that was that was their game plan because they've seen game film on Orlando. If you take away Orlando's playmakers, they can't do much. Especially well, with, it, with Urchon Kara in, because he is a, a striker that relies on service. He's not a creative player like that. It definitely doesn't help when you're playing against a team that's coming in with that approach, and your approach is to try to do the thing that's not going to work well. Like, to try to play down the middle, to try to... I mean, we, we were talking about that at halftime. It felt like almost the entire first half, Facundo Torres was... was in the middle and there was nobody out on the right. Mm. So it was it was a it was a rough it just felt out of character for how Orlando has been the most successful. And then you see the change and Benji comes on and the the play changes a little bit and and all of a sudden that changes. I think more so than than goals change games. I think in that in that case it was really the substitution. Obviously it led to a goal, but I think as soon as that substitution was made, they looked a different team. Oh, 100%. And credit to Benji. I, I don't know how many people expected uh, that necessarily to, to happen, where Benji Michel comes on and completely changes the complexity of the game. Like, that that goal in the 75th minute doesn't happen with without him starting the press. And then Ivan Angulo, man, like, what a, what a signing he's been. Didn't really think much anything of it when he first signed because, let's face it, he didn't have any like stats coming into this team. But when you look at what he's been able to do, the 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 speed, the hustle, getting back defensively. I mean, he was tracking back into the, his own eighteen yard box to to break up some plays. And while he's still like not fully polished he's still got a lot of work that he, he he can do I was I was impressed with his game and and again he created that that first goal by causing the pressure forcing the turnover and eventually getting the ball to Benji who then laid a perfectly weighted ball off for Facundo Torres to strike from outside the box and sometimes it just takes those moments and you could see it in the early parts of the game where Urchan was kind of pressuring Vitiello back in goal, but he's not fast enough to really cause enough problems. Benji on an all out sprint is going to close down a lot faster than Urchan is. And you could see that it kind of threw off Sacramento's style because they weren't expecting in that moment to, to come up against that pressure. And when you're playing in the heat, humidity and the, the mucky, nastiness of post-rain Florida it does get to you a little bit and Orlando's been playing and training in that for months so that certainly played a factor as well yeah I think I think 
you get a lot of, you mentioned the weather, a lot of it for Orlando too came down to kind of outlasting Sacramento and knowing that when you're used to playing in that type of weather and training in that type of weather and all of that, it's, it's, it's almost easier to, uh, to, to, to play out the entire game versus, versus, you know, and you look at getting on the 70th minute towards that, towards that with the first goal is what 75th minute. Mm-hmm. So by the time we, you get to that point, like this is Orlando's game because they're able to, they're able to keep it up that, I mean, that weather's, that weather's brutal. How was it being outside in that? That weather's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is just, uh, you can't compare it. You can't prepare for it. It, it just, it exists and you have to survive in it. Can you imagine yeah, playing it, in it? Oof. No, that's no, <laughs> that, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's just less less than ideal. But yeah, as, as soon as Facundo scores that goal, the the entire stadium erupts. Um, big big moment for Orlando City. And then five minutes later, Benji's part of the play again. He gets a nice ball over top from Antonio Carlos. He flicks it over Vitiello in goal. Takes a little bit uh, too much time. I, I will admit he, he took a little bit too much time in terms of uh, bringing that down and trying to to hit the ball. But luckily for him, uh, the the player who turned over the ball for the first goal, uh, Dan Casey, came in and just took him out and gave away the penalty. By the way, Dan Casey just had like the worst 15 minutes of his entire life. Because not only did he, no, like literally, I looked, I went back and looked at this. Not only did he give away the first goal and the penalty, but he was the one defending Benji on the third goal. Like it, he, Benji megged him to score the third goal. Like Dan Casey just had yeah, like the worst yeah. 15 minutes of his entire life. Yeah, that's rough. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of, kind of feel for him if I'm being honest. Um, but a little bit. Just, just while while we're on Sacramento, just very, very quickly, I, I was impressed with their 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 play and and some of their players. Rodrigo Lopez, I haven't seen him play live since 2012, and the progression that he's made in terms of just his his skill, his class, his vision. Like, I mean, you can tell why he's been one of their their mainstays on and off for uh three different stints why they keep bringing him back even though he's 35 years old now at the tail end of his career he's still got it i mean the balls he was pinging from one side of the field to the other i i was just in in shock i was like god he's i mean he's like hitting them so accurately and and jack gurr their wing back was he was really dangerous on that right side um Malik Foster was was very very threatening up top. There were moments where it, it just felt like one bounce and he's in on goal. So there there were there were a number of players that I think are like MLS level players on that team. Um specifically with with Jack Gurr and um you know potentially Malik Foster, but I think Gurr uh who actually he, he had a a weird situation because he's um he was playing for Atlanta United. He was with Atlanta United too. He signed on with the first team. He didn't play 
and then he uh he left to go to Aberdeen then came back and signed with Sacramento back in January of this year so he's been around MLS he actually he's he's from England went to college uh in Georgia and I honestly I think he could probably play in MLS I think he's he's quick he's uh, a decent fullback gets in good spaces but yeah just that's that's some of the players that I, I noticed from the uh, Sacramento team that kind of stood out to me um on the other side for Orlando like honestly that the, there were a lot of players that just didn't show up <laughs> like if I'm being completely honest they, they, it seemed like they had some of their worst games of the season like junior or so he would do something good and then have a egregious turnover there there were moments for Mauricio uh, he I mean he spent a lot of the game on the ground to be fair but uh, he just couldn't get anything going uh Juan seemed timid to get forward Arachan I mean he didn't get any service so there wasn't really much to fault him but like even when he did get some half chances he wasn't really capitalizing on them and when you get those half chances, you need to do your best with them. So I can't really fault him for the game he had, but he just he wasn't right for the game. So I don't know. It felt like until the 75th minute, nobody was really having a good game. And then once things opened up, when Facundo scored the first goal, people started having better games. It seemed like they were playing with more confidence. And I'll say it again. Goals change games. They really do. Now, uh, here's some fun stats. Are you ready for some fun stats, Kyle? I I love fun stats. Okay, so uh, Facundo Torres' brace is the first time since 2016 that somebody has scored two goals or more in a U.S. Open Cup final. Now, here's the funny thing. 2016. Remember who was uh, who won that, that trophy in 2016? I I do not recall. It was FC Dallas. Mm. Do you remember who was coaching that team? You know, I'm I'm curious. I, I can't imagine. It was Oscar Pereja. I could possibly. Oh, no way. Yeah. So Maxi Rudy scored two goals in a 4-2 win in 2016. Fun fact, the last two players who have scored multiple goals in the U.S. Open Cup final have been coached by the same coach. How's that for a fun fact? That is a fun fact. You want to hear another fun fact? Yes. Oscar Pereja became the second coach in the modern era to win a U.S. Open Cup title with two different clubs. The only other person to do it is the late, great Siggy Schmidt when he did it back with L.A. in 2001 and Seattle in 2009, 10, 11, and 14. I didn't realize he was dead. Yes, he passed away, um, was it 2019? I think, yeah, he was having some some health complications. No, 2018. He was having some health complications, some some, uh, heart-related stuff, I think. Oh, dang. Yeah. He died on Christmas Day, I believe. That's very sad. Yeah. So he he actually, um, he resigned from the LA Galaxy coaching position in September of 2018, and then three months later, he passed away. R.I.P. R.I.P. to to the late, great Siggy Schmidt, but... Again, Oscar Pereja becoming one of the uh, 
the only other coaches in the modern era to do it when both with Orlando and, and Dallas, two separate clubs. It's, t- it's impressive. It is. It's very good. Now, uh, one other fun fact for you. How fun is this fact? Uh, I mean, it's fun. I, 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 fun-ish. I don't know. Depend on your definition of fun. Orlando City becomes the first team to host and win six games in a row in the U.S. Open Cup to win the final. Now, other teams have gone undefeated at home. And technically speaking, Orlando City did not win six games because they went to penalties on two of them. So they're 4-0-2. They do join a number of different teams who went 4-0 at home, including Chicago, D.C. United, and Houston. But Orlando is the first team to advance in six games at home. So there's your fact for the day. Those are very fun facts. Yeah. I, I do love my fun facts. I do love these these kind of stats, you know. They're they're very uh, interesting. Love a good stat. Anyways. Orlando, at the end of it, three nothing winners. Benji Michel, a part of every single goal, had an assist on the first, drew the penalty for the second, and scored the third. What a game for the Orlando local. And I asked about it yesterday with him. I, I asked him, like, what does this mean for you, being a guy that's been around for so long just to have a part in this? You know, he's been going to games since the USL days. So for for him, it probably means more than, than anybody else on the team because he's he's been literally a part of this team's history. So to see where the team is gone to where the team is now and to be a part of it almost every step of the way because he was with the academy and joined the team in was it 2018 now and this is a contract year for Benji I would like to reiterate that uh, I think I mentioned it a couple months ago but this is a contract year for Benji he's turning it on at the right time to to maybe get a little bit of chunk of change here from Orlando especially if they want to sign you know, one of their only homegrown players who's been uh, producing at the high level right now. Because can you name another homegrown player who's been starting and playing consistently for Orlando City? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you have a lot of homegrowns on your roster, but they're still young. They're still up and coming. Benji is the only guy that, that can really play right now other than Mason. And Mason's put in his, his dues. You know, he's another guy who's, you know, he was a part of this cup run because he... He had some penalty saves. He's He's been a part of this since 2015, since literally the first year. He signed in, in like November, December of that year. So he's seen a lot of this. But yeah, I, I think um, definitely means a lot for Benji. And I don't know if you saw the, the celebrations after his goal that he scored, but he did a, a lot of the, uh, just the, he, he threw a lot together. You know, he did the flip. He did the Steph Curry night-night celebration, and then he had a belt, a WWE belt with Orlando City written on it. Now, did he get a card for that? He did not. That's what we were That's what we were talking about. We couldn't see no, if he, he didn't. didn't. It seemed like he didn't. He did not at all. They're, they're just like, yeah, was, whatever. <laughs> the game's over. Yeah, it was, 
It was interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. The ref the ref was a little bit weird, but um there is a story behind that that belt actually. So um Cleon over at the uh, Orlando Lions Dead podcast. Um I actually just saw him yesterday and then asked him about it. So it's his belt. And he bought seats right behind the Orlando City bench. And before the game, he he yelled over at Benji and and Tesho and said, hey, if you guys get in and score, this belt's waiting for you. And I guess Benji said, bet. So when he scored, (laughs) he runs over and he's like, give it to me. And that's how he got the belt. But uh, that uh, that was a fun moment. I guess Cleon was telling me that he brought that to Atlanta when they played at Atlanta United, uh, and he had one of the boxes right on the field. So he was ready to give it to the players when they scored at his end as well. But I think that, that ended in a draw, so that wasn't right the right moment. This, just, this was like the icing cherry on top kind of moment uh, that seemed to work out a lot better. So uh, shout out to those guys over there at the, the Lions Den. And then... Thursday morning we're over at City Hall the uh, official proclamation from Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer naming the day the Orlando City U.S. Open Cup Champions Day in Orlando so September 8th is Orlando City U.S. Open Cup Champions Day a lot of people were saying well hold on a second why not make it September 7th because Orlando City won two trophies on that day the U.S. Open Cup, as well as September 7th, 2013, when they won the USL Championship 7-4 back at the old Citrus Bowl. So a lot of people were saying, oh, we'll make it September 7th. It's like, yeah, I mean, September 8th is the day that, that they were celebrating, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? I think nothing else of significance has happened historically on September 8th now, so I think it should definitely stay in Orlando City Day. Uh, I mean, I guess in Orlando there wasn't anything of significance, but I think like two hours later the Queen died. The two may be related. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just glad she lived long enough to see Orlando win the U.S. Open Cup. You know, that's... You're you're not wrong. It's a pretty pretty significant milestone for Orlando City, and and the Queen was able to see it before she passed on. <laughs> uh, it's so weird talking about that. It really is. Yeah, as a as a as a British person, how do you how do you feel on that? Uh, mixed. <laughs> it's the best way I can put about it. I can I can joke about it, but also it's like, yeah, she was you know she served for seventy years, but. Also, those 70 years had a lot of history in, in between. So, hmm. Complicated. Definitely complicated. But we're getting off track here. I, I, I don't really have anything else I wanted to talk about. I mean, there's really not much other than just th- this, like, hey, man, Orlando, what a cup. That's a big deal. Yeah. So let's talk about the ramifications and, and, and the ramifications being, like, good ramifications, like, What's next? Like, how does Orlando City build off of this? Because I, I was talking to Mark Wilf, uh, chairman, owner of Orlando City, yesterday. And, I mean, the biggest thing is he wants to build off of this. Like, he he, he wants to show that every, a year into his ownership, officially, 
that this team is competitive, that this team is winning trophies. It's his first trophy as an owner for any sports team because, well, Minnesota hasn't won anything yet in the Vikings. So it was a very new experience for him. He was celebrating in the locker room. He was super pumped and excited. Um, Actually, while I'm on the subject, I saw so many former players, staff members, and just people who traveled from all over. I mean, Gavin flew in from Virginia. Uh, Taylor from Orlando City, UK flew in from England. Uh, You you had people coming from all over the country, all over the world to, to come to this game. And... Heck, I'm glad they won <laughs> for their sake, you know, make the money worth their the worth their while. But yeah, it, uh, talking to Mark Wolf, he he was saying how important it was for for the momentum to continue trending upwards because trophies usually garner more attention. They usually get people more excited about these kind of things. I wonder how much of it is just people don't. The Open Cup is. Uh weird because like I was thinking about it like it's it's the first time I've ever been present when a team that I follow has won a trophy of anything but like also like now win MLS Cup (laughs) are you saying that it's not good enough no I'm saying it was a good start Mm. two days later and you're already moving on it's like all right now, 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 go win something else. Can't be satisfied. Psh. Correct. Oh, we need, I need more wins. Come on. All right. Well, Kyle, we can spend a lot more time talking about the the ramifications of of Orlando City winning and and making a playoff push and everything. They've got six games left. They play on Saturday against Philly. Uh, they've got two games in hand on a lot of the Eastern Conference now because they uh. Well, they didn't play this past weekend, so they could rest up. They do have a couple hard games at the very end of the season, though, with Miami and Columbus, who are right behind them. But the next two games, at Philly, home against Atlanta, who are struggling quite a bit, uh, considering also there's a lot of drama in the locker room. Um, Could make for an interesting game, but... We'll see on Saturday how Orlando City responds after celebrating for the last couple days because it's a quick turnaround from winning a trophy. It's not like at the end of the season where you can be like, all right, thanks for coming, guys. We'll see you next year. It's like, no, we play in two days. (laughs) But you feel like there's almost definitely going to be some hangover, too, like for a little bit, which hopefully as a team kind of teetering on the edge of making the playoffs, hopefully it's not too big of a, an effect. Yeah. And I think, uh, <laughs> we might see some, some other players playing in that Philly game that did not necessarily feature in the Orlando city's, uh, championship game. So maybe a Nico Joachini or, a, a Mikey holiday or any of those kind of guys, maybe, maybe get a, a run out. You know, those, those guys are nice and fresh and, uh, <laughs> Some of them not of drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> so that that tends to help quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to do it for this special edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. As you can tell, we are exhausted from, from the last couple of days. I've been literally like everywhere talking about this game. So just kind of wanted to come on here and, and 
share the excitement. It doesn't sound like we're excited, but it's just because it's it's been beaten out of us. <laughs> it, this is true. I think I think just pure exhaustion. Yeah, so much exhaustion. Hey, um, if you're if you're listening to us in the uh, San Diego area, be sure to tune in to CW San Diego on Saturday at five thirty. Is I'll be on the call for the San Diego Loyal and San Antonio FC match. Um, super excited about that. Going to be talking with Landon Donovan here in a bit. And um, yeah, I guess join us next week when we have an actual show. I don't know when we'll do it because there's a game on Saturday and a game on Wednesday. So like maybe after that Wednesday game, <laughs> just depends on everybody's schedules. But again, we just wanted to come on here and do a, do a quick show. Yeah, we just we just want people to know how great we feel, even if we're out of it. Uh, we are still very excited that Orlando won. Super excited. Very thrilled. You, I mean, you can hear it. You can hear it. Obviously, it's very great very... success. <laughs> All right, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go. Depending on when this episode comes out, the Pride play tonight against Portland as well so uh be sure to tune in for that and with that we will catch you in the next one orlando city has won the u.s open cup and uh with that thanks for tuning in